Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. You're tuned into the SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. It's your host, Jack Jones. Uh, we're heading into Week Nine NFL and Week Ten college football. Brandon Lee is going to be joining me today to give out six free picks for you guys this weekend. Uh, we went four and two again last week. Uh, perfect four and zero oh on our free picks, but zero oh and two on our NFL teasers. I went two and one. One with Boston College plus 31 over Clemson. It came out Thursday night after the podcast that Trevor Lawrence was out with COVID, so that was a huge bonus. I was kind of shocked they only adjusted that line like six points for his absence. Turns out they should have adjusted more. Uh, Boston College stormed out to an 18-point lead in that game, nearly won outright. But uh, Clemson dug deep, scored the final 24 points of that game to win by six. Uh, So it was an easy, easy cover for me and my followers. Then in the NFL, I had the Vikings plus seven also win outright over the Packers. Said Dalvin Cook coming back would be a huge factor, and definitely was. He scored all four touchdowns for the Vikings in a 28-22 victory. Uh, my six-point teaser, though, lost with the Raiders plus 8.5 winning outright over the Browns, but the Lions plus 8.5 got blown out by the Colts. Uh, Brandon, welcome back to the podcast. Please give the listeners a recap of your 2 and one week. Hey, it's good to be back. And uh, college football, we cashed Northwestern plus 120 on the money line. Uh, they snuck out a 21-20 win. 20 win at Iowa. Uh, Wildcats did all they could to lose this game early. After forcing Iowa to go three and out on their first possession, they muffed the punt. That led to a one-play, seven-yard touchdown drive. Very next possession, they fumble. Iowa goes 45 yards in three plays to make it 14 to nothing. It got to 17 to nothing before Northwestern stormed back and held on late uh, for a great win in college. NFL, we cashed the Dolphins plus four. Uh, This was an absolutely crazy first half, and uh, very misleading and interesting box score if you have a chance to look at it. But started out really poorly. Dolphins fumbled on their first possession. Uh, Rams took it down to go up 7 and nothing. Then luckily the breaks came our way. Miami forced a pick, which set up a short field and a touchdown to make it 7-7. They then forced a fumble, returned it 78 yards for a score. Next possession, they returned a punt 88 yards for a score. Shortly after that, they get a sack strip that they take back to the one-yard line and uh, score to go up 28-7 at the half. Uh, Only had 49 yards and three first downs and 28 points in the first 30 minutes of that game. Uh... We got the win, but I'll be honest, Tua didn't even come close to playing like I thought he would. I get they were playing to protect the lead, uh, but he showed nothing in that game that got me, you know, thinking that, you know, he's going to be the next Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow type of guy. Um, It's going to be a team I'm probably going to stay away from uh, until I see a little bit more from him. If anything, I might be looking to bet against them. Uh, Teaser NFL, we won with the Eagles minus one and a half, but we lost with the Packers. Uh, We needed to win outright. Had Green Bay won and the Baltimore uh, been able to hold on against the Steelers, it would have been a really good weekend, but I uh, can't win them all, and uh, we'll hit a, try and go again next this week. Yeah, so we gave out four picks, all underdogs, 3-1 outright, and Boston College nearly did as a 31-point dog. So if you did some Moneyline parlays using our picks last week, you made some serious money. Uh, 28-17-2 and two this season through eight weeks on the Free Pick Podcast. 62% winners. Uh, Brandon's 14-8-2. I'm 14-9. and nine. 
224 wins, 163 losses, 13 pushes the last five seasons, 58% winners, $1,000 per game betters up over 44,000. Uh, our free picks on the podcast have been hot, and Brandon has had two monster weeks in a row on the gridiron on the premium side. Brandon, please fill the listeners in on just how hot you've been. Yeah, this past weekend was pretty good. Uh, we went 8-1 and one on Saturday in college football after going 8-2 and two the previous Saturday, going back to October 1st, hitting 67%, 33-16 on all college football plays. Uh, we go into Week 10 now, the number one ranked college football handicapper at Sports Capping. Uh, we aren't cashing in at quite the same rate in the NFL. I did go 5-2 and two with my premium NFL plays on Sunday. Still riding a very strong 40-28, 58% run over my last 68 NFL. I've already got eight college football and four NFL plays published for this weekend. Uh, we'll almost surely have at least a few more added to the card by the time Saturday rolls around. Uh, you can try things out for one week or 30 days if that's what you want. But if you want to really take advantage of what I got to offer, I highly recommend signing up for a, a football season pass. All prices for these were just lowered on Monday. Individual NFL and college football passes were dropped from $4.99 to $3.49. And my NFL college football combo went from $7.99 all the way down to $4.99.95. All season packages include all bowl games and NFL playoff selections. Uh, no better time than right now to get on board, uh, as I don't see the train slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, baby. Uh, you know, I got off to a fast start this season, but I've just kind of been trading wins and losses the last couple of weeks. Uh, still the number three ranked football handicapper all time at sportscapping.com. 1,191 wins, 992 losses, 55% winners since 2012. $1,000 per game betters up over 100 grand following my uh, football picks the last nine seasons. Um, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday, so we have six Matt games tonight. Plus the Pac-12 Action is back. Yeah, baby. Plus the Pac-12 coming back, too. So a lot of opportunities to make money in college football. Definitely an exciting time to be alive, Brandon. What do you think? Hey, definitely, man. You, the more games you get to pick from, the better it is for a handicapper because you're just going to find more games that you like and more value out there. Definitely. I love it, man. Uh, and that, I can't. as far as I can see, there's football every night for a Basically, the rest of the year. Yeah, and then we got college basketball starting here in a few few weeks. Yes, sir. All right, give the listeners your college football free pick for Saturday, man. Yeah, I'm going to head to the Pac-12. I actually like quite a bit in this conference uh, as they open up play this week. I'm going to take the Stanford Cardinal plus 10.5 on the road against the number 12-ranked Oregon Ducks. Uh, this is the first game, as you know, we know for both teams with the Pac-12 just now starting. Uh, important to note, as this line feels like a big overreaction to last year, we, which saw Oregon go 12-2, and just miss out on the playoffs. Stanford, on the other hand, had one of their worst seasons in decades with a 4-8 and record. I'm going to start off here with Oregon. I just don't think this year's Ducks team is going to be anything close to last year. They lost one of the best players in the country in quarterback Justin Herbert, who threw for uh, nearly 3,500 yards with a 32-6 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, a loss that I feel has to be magnified even more when you look at how well Herbert is playing in the NFL. He's right there with Joe Burrow for Rookie of the Year. Uh, I just don't see any way this offense mirrors – uh, what they put up in 2019, which was 35.4 points per game and 433 yards per game. And it's not just the loss of Herbert that has me thinking this. Oregon lost their left tackle. Uh, to for He's sitting out because of COVID. Many people rated this uh, him as the best left tackle, tackle prospect in the, next year's draft. 
he's he was the only starter coming back on the offensive line. I know the Ducks recruit well, but you got an inexperienced uh, offensive line with a raw signal caller. It's usually a recipe for disaster, especially early on in the season. Uh, also, starting corner Thomas Graham and safety Brady Breeze uh, both opted out because of COVID. Oregon goes from having four of their top six tacklers back to only two. Uh, and note, one of the other guys they lost was All-American linebacker and leading tackler Troy Dye. As for Stanford, I'm putting my trust in David Shaw and his staff to get this team back to the level it was prior to last year's dip. Injuries played a massive role to them underperforming. They had to go through three different starting quarterbacks, had to start three true freshmen on the offensive line. I I like what they have in junior quarterback Davis Mills. They've also got some other options if they decide to go that way. Uh, But even more here, they got four starters back on the offensive line. I also think we might see a dynamic duo emerge at running back with sophomore Austin Jones. He was really good in limited action. And true freshman EJ Smith. Both both guys very highly touted out of high school. And for those that don't know, EJ is the son of NFL Hall of Famer Emmett Smith. Uh, the defense doesn't figure to be elite like it had been for such a long time. But with seven starters back and so many young guys getting experience last year because of the injuries, I think this unit's going to be a lot better than the version we saw in 2019. Uh, no way I'm passing up on the 10.5 here, but I'm definitely going to have a little Cardinal money line in this one, uh, which I, I believe was you know in that 300 to 325 range. So uh, give, give me the Cardinal on Saturday. Yeah, man, you broke this one down really good. I'm in agreement. Uh, Stanford, big bounce back candidate. Uh, to contend in the Pac-12 this year. I mean, they'd won at least eight games each of the previous eight seasons under David Shaw, fell to four and eight last year due to injuries and attrition. Uh, go from having nine returning starters last year to 16 this year. One of the best quarterbacks in the conference in Davis Mills. He completed 65.6% of his passes last year after taking over for an injured KJ Costello. And I just think Oregon takes a big step back. Uh, the Herbert loss is huge. The offensive line, the whole new offensive line is huge. Uh, defense should be decent. And I, I'm expecting a defensive battle kind of in this opener here, so, which is perfect. It, it's kind of what it was last year, too. Yeah, which is perfect when you have the double-digit underdog. Line definitely stood out to me when I did my Pac-12 research this week, and I'm riding Stanford as well, Brandon. Yeah, and this thing, I believe, opened up at like 13. So, I mean, it, it could dip. I mean, 10 and a half is a pretty key pretty key number to get so and i know some books have already went to 10 so if this is one you like uh, i'd get it in now yeah it's gonna it's gonna close below 10 by kickoff i agree um i'm gonna go with liberty the liberty flames plus 15 at virginia tech i just don't know what more liberty has to do to get some respect uh they're five and oh straight up four and one against the spread this season under second year head coach hugh, hugh freeze who's making the most out of his second chance here after getting ousted from Ole miss uh, the guy is just a great recruiter, has an underrated talent here again. Um, there's been nothing fluky about Liberty's 5-0 start either. As their, their stats have been off the charts. They're scoring 40 points per game, averaging 494 yards per game on offense, giving up just 24.2 points per game, 303 yards per game on defense, so they're outscoring teams by nearly 16 points per game, outgaining them by nearly 200 yards per game. Uh, they've already have a win over an ACC team in Syracuse. They were a three-point favorite at Syracuse and won by 17. Uh, now they're in a perfect spot here. Two weeks to prepare for Virginia Tech coming off their bye week. Uh, Virginia Tech, I think, has to be a tired team by now as they will be playing for a seventh straight week here. It's kind of starting to show defensively as they keep getting giving up a ton of points in yards week after week. They're giving up 30.5 points per game, 459 yards per game this season. 
kind of fortunate to win last week against Louisville as they gave up 548 yards and were outgained by 82 yards. But they won the turnover battle three to nothing. Uh, Liberty's now 28 and 13 against the spread. They lost 41 games overall. Hugh Freeze 58 and 35 against the spread as a head coach in his career. One of the most underrated head coaches in the country. Uh, Justin Fuente one and eight against the spread against good rushing teams that average 230 or more rushing yards per game as a coach of Virginia Tech. Uh, the Hokies give up 195 rushing yards per game, 5.2 per carry this season. Liberty averages 257 rushing yards per game, 5.6 per carry. They're going to be able to run the ball in the Hokies, and I think they have a legitimate shot to win this game outright. So uh, getting two, more than two touchdowns here is a gift here um, with the Flames coming off their bye week in a great spot. Yeah, I'm torn on this one. I, I really I agree with a lot of what you say. I, I think this feels like a, a lot of points for a Liberty team that can move the ball against a Virginia Tech team that has uh, struggled on the defensive side. With that said, I, I've got a strategy in college football of fading ranked teams as dogs against an unranked opponent. I did it last week with West Virginia laying points against a ranked K-State team. Uh, now you got number tw- 25 Liberty, a 14.5-point dog to unranked Virginia Tech. It's it's not enough for me to take the Hokies. I, I feel like this is maybe one of those exceptions because it's not a conference game and it's sandwiched in between the conference schedule. It, it, Virginia Tech, you know, every win is important, but this one doesn't have the same meaning to them uh, as it does the other ACC games where Liberty, I mean, this is a big game for them. You know, uh, the the schedule they played has been pretty easy. Uh, this is really their chance to make a statement. Uh, you know, you're going to get their best effort and they've got that extra time to prepare. I love Hugh uh, Freeze. Uh, I like that uh, Auburn transfer at quarterback. So I'm going to root you in here, but it's probably one that I'm, I'm just going to stay away from because of the conflicting interest there. Yeah, nice work on West Virginia last week. I had them too, man. That was fun. That was easy, easy money. Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take the – or sorry. What's your free pick for Sunday this week, Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks uh, minus 2.5 on the road against the Buffalo Bills. I know this is going to be a big public play, and small road favorites have a way of coming up short in the NFL, but I can't help myself. I'm just not a believer in this Bills team. I especially don't think they're as good as their 6-2 and two record, which, you know, if you look at the whole NFL, it's tied for the third best record in the league. Uh, I, I just don't think this team's anywhere close to that. Uh, no bit, no bigger reason that screams Buffalo's record is not all it seems is the fact that they've already played the Jets twice. So, I mean, that's two freebies on the schedule. And let's not overlook that while they won both, they, they unlike – all these other teams, they struggled against the Jets in both meetings. I think both were decided by 10 or less. Um, and then they have three other wins on their schedule by a field goal or less. So they've been very fortunate here to get the record that they've got. Uh, one of those was last week against the Patriots. I, I know a win is a win, but if Cam Newton doesn't fumble late in the fourth quarter, that game at worst goes to overtime. Uh, Patriots were down three, well within field goal range. They were on the 19-yard line, 40 seconds, two timeouts, Newton fumbles, game over. Uh, I get the Bills hadn't beat the Patriots at home since 2011. That's a big win for them uh, in regards of winning the AFC East. But let's not overlook how bad the Patriots uh, have been playing going into that game and how bad they they didn't play well in that game either. They had no business being in that game. Uh, The big thing that stands out to me is the defense, uh, Buffalo's defense, and it just can't stop the run. They're giving up 134 yards per game and 4.7 yards per carry. I know the run game isn't Seattle's strength, but if you can't stop the run, it makes it near impossible to stop Russell Wilson. Uh, lastly, I get the biggest 
reason. And lastly, the with the biggest reason here, I'm rolling the dice with Seattle in this, you know, not so great spot. As I think they're on the verge of turning the corner on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we definitely saw some of the flashes of that last week against the 49ers. Uh, I know Garoppolo and Kittle got hurt, but they played some of that game, and it was. Uh, and I know the 49ers ended up with 27 points, but they only had seven with less than 10 minutes to play in the fourth quarter uh, before before scoring a bunch with you know their backups in. Uh, this week, Seattle's defense will be adding in defensive end Carlos Dunlap, who they made a trade for prior to the 49ers game. But because of the COVID rules, he couldn't play in that game. They're also expected to get back star safety Jamal Adams from injury. And it's expected that Damian Snacks Harrison will be making his season debut after spending the last three weeks on the practice squad, getting himself back into shape. This team has gone 6-1 and one with a defense that has been performing at the bottom of the league. If they can make any kind of an improvement on that side of the ball, uh, they might be the team to beat. Uh, as good as Kansas City, Pittsburgh, all these other teams have looked, uh, with the way that offense is going, if, if this team can play some defense, I think they're really good. I think this line should be closer to four and a half, maybe six. Uh, I just think Seattle's that much better of a team, so I'll lay less than a field goal here. Yeah, man, I agree with pretty much everything you said on this one, too. I'd lean Seattle here as well. Buffalo just doesn't have a very good defense. They were supposed to have a great defense coming into the year, but injuries at cornerback have really set them back, too. Not good news when you're facing uh Seattle. Their offense has been better than expected, but it's still not as good as Seattle's. Seahawks lead the NFL with 34.3 points per game. There's good news on the horizon for their defense, like you mentioned, with Dunlap, Adams, and uh, Snacks Harrison. Uh, Bills 0-4 against the spread their last four games. They got worked by both the Titans and Chiefs. They failed to cover against the Jets and Patriots. And Buffalo's played the third easiest schedule in the NFL this season. Um, so they've kind of been fortunate there. Um, when, when they've stepped up in competition, they really haven't fared very well. Uh, Seattle is an elite team and, uh, they're very close to being 7-0. Their only loss coming to the Cardinals in overtime after blowing a 13 point lead. Seattle 9-1 against the spread and their last 10 road games against bad defensive teams that give up 5.65 or more yards per play. Uh, we're in a- agreement here too, Brandon. Yeah. One other thing I want to touch on here that I forgot to mention uh, when you handicap any game involving the Bills in Buffalo, you got to look at the weather because the wind there can be a problem, and, and that would really be a problem for Seattle's passing attack. Five-mile-an-hour projected win on Sunday, so shouldn't be a factor, uh, and I don't. it's hard to imagine that changing a whole lot. Nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so many win games last week. I think there were oh, like was five brutal. games with 20-plus-mile-an-hour wins, so you got to start. You definitely got to look at that every week um, in your handicap, guys. Uh, I'm going to take the Panthers plus 10.5 at the Chiefs. Uh, let me get this remarkable stat out of the way first. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is 22-5 and against the spread as an underdog in his career as a starting quarterback. And it's a great spot for the Panthers this week. They have extra time to prepare after playing last Thursday against the Falcons. Now they should get their best playmaker in Christian McCaffrey back from injury finally this week. He's returned to practice. It's a great time to buy low on the Panthers, too, coming off three straight losses. Also a great time to sell high on the Chiefs off three straight wins and covers. And it's not just like they're any wins either. I mean, the the Chiefs beat the Broncos by 27, the Jets by 26 their last two games. Uh, but this is definitely a big step up in competition for the Chiefs. I have a feeling they might be sleepwalking here, knowing they have a big lead in the division, knowing they have a bye next week. Um, McCaffrey returning would be huge because you can run on this Chiefs defense. They give up 143 rushing yards per game, 4.8 per carry. Definitely remarkable, too, when you consider 
they're leading most games and teams have to throw to come come back on them. Uh, the reason Bridgewater is such a good underdog bet is because he doesn't turn the ball over. The Panthers have had zero turnovers in four of their eight games and only one turnover in two. Um, so one turnover or less in six of their eight games. Chiefs have forced at least one turnover in every game this year. I think Bridgewater will take care of the ball. Panthers use long, time-consuming drives here with their ground game and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Uh, that will allow them to stay within this big spread on Sunday. Andy Reid 0-6 against the spread in home games after getting six or more yards per play in four straight games as the coach of the Chiefs. Panthers 4-0 against the spread. Their last four is underdogs. Uh, give me the Panthers. Yeah, I'm not happy with this Carolina team after they performance they had on Thursday night, but I blame myself. That was really a poor handicap for me in that game against the Falcons. I ignored all the injuries that they had on the offensive line, assuming that they could make do against a bad Falcons defense, and that just wasn't the case. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had zero time to throw, and it resulted in a lot of negative plays, six and a half tackles for loss for the Falcons. It's why Carolina almost went the entire game with DJ Moore not catching a pass. Shockingly, he I think it was late in the fourth quarter until he caught a pass. He ended up leading the team with uh, 55 receiving yards on two catches. So I know McCaffrey's coming back, but this handicap for me starts with the offensive line. Uh, more than anything, the status of tackle, a uh, left tackle, Russell Okung. Uh, he's at least participating in a limited, limited basis so far in practice this week. He didn't practice at all last week and ended up not you know playing against the Falcons. Uh, backups Greg Little and Trent Scott have been awful. So I, I'm, I'm probably going to wait to make a decision on this game. If Okun is, you know, a go, I think if he plays, I'll be all over the Panthers in this one. Uh, you know, McCaffrey's a, a, a stud, and he's, like you said, this is a great matchup for him uh, with the way the Chiefs struggle against the run. And I also don't really know who on that Chiefs defense can uh, defend McCaffrey when he turns into a receiver out of the backfield, and that's really where he does a lot of his damage. Uh, Panthers defense... Uh, they're still hurting in the trenches with some injuries, but they are going to get a big boost in the secondary. Uh, one of their top corners, Rasul Douglas, is coming back from the COVID list. Uh, with that said, this is a Panthers defense that didn't force the Falcons to punt once in their first seven drives, six of those going for scores. Uh, and that was with Atlanta losing one of their best weapons in Calvin Ridley in the first half. You got to take Carolina here, believing that they can score 24 or more, which, you know, I, that's what I'm leaning if Okung plays, because I think they're going to give up in that 24 to 30 range. Um, and we talked about wind in the last game. Mother Nature could play a role here. Uh, currently uh, projected about 15 miles per hour wind in this game. I don't know if that's quite strong enough to deter the arm of Mahomes, but if this thing climbs, you know, gets up into that 20-25 with some big gusts, I think it can definitely slow the Chiefs' offense down enough. I am leaning Carolina here, uh, but for me, it all comes down to a cone. I think if Bridgewater can get that time and and they can pr protect that left side of the line, I, I think they're in good shape here because it does feel like Kansas City is way overvalued. I, I listened to quite a bit of podcasts with some of these sportsbook guys, and th that was one game that the books absolutely got killed on last week was the Chiefs and the Jets game. So I, I think they've inflated this one knowing that the public is going to fire right back with them. Uh, so I, I definitely think you're on the right side, and I'm, I'm just I'm inching close to getting there. Yeah, thanks for the uh, injury updates. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah, I was definitely – curious about that uh some certain certain guys like okung um but it looks like mccaffrey's coming back and uh you know just yeah, that, that, that definitely play yeah that extra time i mean some of these guys got to get healthy and 
Uh, yeah, I had the Panthers on Thursday too, and I was shocked at that line moving, but I I can kind of see why now. Um, since it moved towards the Falcons, so I felt pretty bad about that one because I thought I got a good line early at minus two and a half, but it went the Same. other way. Yeah. And, it, and it happens. Sometimes you're going to get the worst number. You just got to get the better number more times than not. Yeah, you can't win them all. That's right. Uh, all right, we both lost our teasers last week. Let's do better uh, for the listeners this week. What's your favorite NFL teaser Sunday? Yeah, I'm going to do a three-team ten-point teaser. Uh, I know I talked about I like Carolina. That is at ten and a half. I'm going to tease the Chiefs from minus ten and a half down to minus a half. I think Kansas City will win this game. I think they're incentivized right now to try and get that top seed in the AFC. Uh, I'm going to pair that with uh, Seattle from minus two and a half up to plus seven and a half at Buffalo. I'm going to do the exact same tease with Baltimore minus two and a half at the Colts up to plus seven and a half. Uh, I think this is one if you like it, uh, I would bet it now. Because, like I said, I, I think the Chiefs line, I think we could see if Okuna definitely plays, I think it goes under 10. And then I could definitely see. Um, both Seattle and Baltimore moving up to minus three, and then seven's just not a, as good a number on the ten point teaser. No, it's not. But with those numbers, is perfect. Uh, getting getting them all uh, plus seven and a half, and then you know I do have a sneaky suspicion the Chiefs will be in a dogfight this week, but I don't blame me for taking them uh, minus a half here just to win the game. Um, I'm going to take a ten point teaser as well. I'm going to use your Seahawks from minus two and a half to plus seven and a half. And then I'm taking the Dolphins. Um, plus 15 and the Bears plus 15 and a half. Uh, can't see the Seahawks getting blown out. Um, also getting two live underdogs, in my opinion. Catching uh, more than two touchdowns here with teasing the Dolphins from plus five up to plus 15 at the Cardinals and the Bears from plus five and a half up to plus 15 and a half at the Titans. Yeah, I don't hate it. I, I like Buffalo a little more than I like Miami just because of Tua and I just. Chicago. I'm, I'm, or yeah, sorry, Chicago. Okay. A little more than Miami, but. Um, I, I just I'm not there with Tua yet. I, I got to see a little more after the lackluster first start. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. You can look at that game one of two ways. I mean, they they definitely didn't have to pull out their whole bag of tricks with Tua. He just kind of game managed the rest of the way after they had that big lead. So it's it's yeah, it's definitely it could work out one of two ways there. Um, but yeah, should be should be able to stay. I still them. think that they can cover t- uh, the tease there because the I mean they have a good teaser, defense. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Get more uh, free picks and information from both of us following us on Twitter. Uh, Brandon, what's your Twitter handle? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at B Lee Sports Picks. All right. Mine is at Betfirms Jack. Uh, Brandon, stay hot on the gridiron this weekend, man. I'm going to do my best, man. I, I feel really good about this card, and uh, it, it's just a great time of year. Yeah, it's been great uh, looking over all these, looking over the MAC, looking over the Pac 12. It's just always fun uh, getting into some new conferences, too. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, sign up for a premium package from Brandon and I at sportscapping.com or betfirm.com. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, and uh, good luck to everyone with your football bets this weekend. Thanks for listening to the sportscapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at sportscapping.com. 